Hello and welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I am your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. Before we get started, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We are also available on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Well, Jerry, it's been a while since I kind of ran through that introduction, and we're going to start a mini-series here after taking a few months off from the podcast during the desert of the college basketball offseason. He's been doing this for a long time, all the way back since 04, the Sean Livingston year. Uh, and that'll make a little bit more sense in a second as we're going to run through the best at each position that Jerry's scouted. Starting with the point guards, we're going to go through uh, one position per episode, see how long it takes us before you know it. We'll be playing some college basketball. We hope you enjoy this discussion. Jerry, it's been a minute uh, and kind of in a way of knocking off the rust and sort of qualifying what you're looking for in a point guard. We took some questions on Twitter. I think one stood out for me from uh, 24-7 Kevin Boiler, a co-worker of ours. He wants to know, Jerry, number one trait for all elite point guards that they must possess. It's pretty simple when you look at the big picture of it. And I'm not breaking it down, dribbling, shooting. It's making your teammates better. And to what level you make them better and maximizing your team's opportunity to win. So that would include, yeah, a a ton of skill set stuff. You know, I think a point guard has to be able to shoot. You know, you got to be a freak like a Rajon Rondo, some type of player like that to overcome an inability like that. So, I mean, obviously – an elite point guard, a very high skill level, extremely high. But then you're looking at leadership qualities, a feel for the game, a management of the game, knowing when a player's hot, knowing when a player's down, knowing when you need to get a player going. Uh, things like communicating with players, hey, man, you know, this guy's cheating out on this one play. Look to slip the screen. We can get a backdoor layup. You know, look to set this guy a screen. Hey, buddy, run a little harder on the wing. You know, I'll get it up to you, man. I'll get you the ball if you give me effort. You know, guys like that really elevate a team. And then being able to make clutch plays. They were talking about maximizing their chances to win. Uh, You know, like Lillard, Damian Lillard, so known for that right now. Man, that gives a team such confidence. Because then a team feels like even if we're struggling, if we can just stay in the game, if we can stay in the game, we got this guy. You know, and he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, there's a trust, uh, there, there's a belief, you know, and it doesn't always, you know, some of the great ones don't win a championship. I'm not one of those guys you judge it by rings. I mean, sure, you notice who's winning, but, you know, if you got crappy teammates and your team's not that good, you know, you're not going to necessarily have it on paper, those wins. I don't think it's that simple. You know, you have to watch and you watch teams play and you get a sense of the guys that are making their team better. It feels like you're naming a lot of intangible things. Is, sure, because, make- because I think the physical's given. <laughs> I mean, all the, when you talk about elite point guards, they can all dribble like crazy. They can all pass like crazy. They can hit tough shots. You know, they can. the physical's a given. So what, what makes them elite? You know, all the NBA dudes can do a lot of great stuff physically. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. intangible type stuff where you, you get a synergistic effect for your team. I always say it wrong, but the, you know, what the sum is greater. No, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That's what a point guard does. It's why it's called a catalyst. Yeah. So, you know, in that sense, maybe it's the toughest position to scout. Obviously you're a college basketball. Uh, That's a good point. Guard. It is, it's, it, it is tough. In one way, it's not as tough as they have the ball in their hands all the time. You know, it's like big guys, you may not get touches. 
So you're not quite sure what he can do unless you get enough sample size. But you make a good point there. There's such a burden on the on a point guard for the intangibles, for leadership, and um, that can get tricky. Well, let's get started. Uh, I asked you for a few names in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. Was sort of a rough outline for a ranking. We can be fluid with this, and we've got you know a ton of names to throw into the mix. You did list first, and maybe you know you can change if if you don't think he's the best point guard <laughs> you've ever scouted. But I was I was quite surprised, Jerry, to see Cole Anthony, 2019 right. member, uh, North Carolina signee, who was I believe number one in your my five stars list, number three overall mm-hmm. in the top two four seven. Cole Anthony. Is he the best point guard you've ever scouted? You know, I think he is. Now, so let's do some disclaimers here. You know, one, I, you know, I, I did not scout Westbrook, Curry, Damian Lillard. You know, they were below the national radar. Um, so I'm, I'm not listing anyone that I didn't physically see. Uh, missed Chris Paul. Uh, he was prior to me. Ja Morant was under the radar. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him on the national level. So let's get that out of the way. The other one, thing I need to say is in doing this list, it wasn't how players obviously turned out. Sure. I mean, that, that's for other people to do. This is when I, I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can to remember what I thought at that moment. Like Derrick Rose, when I was scouting him, his, going into his senior year. And then on and on for all these guys. But Cole Anthony, to me... And like, let's just compare him to Derrick Rose, who I have number two. I think everything Derrick had, and then more, much better awareness on defense, um, much better shooter, just a, a complete, you know, the complete point guard package at an elite level. I think he's going to be tremendous. I think he has a great mind for the game. Um, Great genetics, lineage with his dad. So, yeah, you know, right now I got him number one, and I, I don't think I'll ever change I'm, it. Now, we'll see how it plays out. Well, I'm going to let you kind of stump for a minute because mm-hmm. you pounded the table with Zion. So if you, if you have Cole Anthony as the number one point guard you've ever scouted, I'm looking at the list of names. I don't want to really spoil it, but, yeah, we've got a Rose. You've got a John Wall. It's kind of the guys you would expect. We, in the last few years of scouting Cole Anthony, are you kind of sitting there like, I mean, it's not like he was lowly ranked. You know, he's a top five in the 24-7 sports yeah. composite. But are you kind of sitting there like, why is no one else seeing this? Why is, why is he uh, yes. not the number one player in the country? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think a point guard that dynamic, that good. Um, you know, I, yeah, I thought he was the guy. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It just impacts – what an impact on the game. I mean, let's compare him and James, Wise, James Wiseman. A lot of people like him. Cole Anthony out-rebounded James Wiseman per game in the Nike EYBL by like two rebounds. So we got a point guard who's out-rebounding the 6'11 guy that everyone else likes more. Man, I'm, I'm seeing what the point guard's doing. He can score. He averaged about 30 a game. Also can pass the ball. I mean, I think he can do anything you want. I think it's a point guard's game in today's age. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a sense of, you know, what are we – I think people still get a little too enamored with size. I, I think size is not – doesn't have the value <clears throat> in basketball that it used to have. Uh, I'm more into quickness, speed. Maybe we could put it all together in explosiveness. And when you have an explosive point guard, 
that's a big deal. I mean, he can really impact the game. Projecting forward a bit since everyone else on the list, with the exception of a few, will be looking, you know, kind of looking back. Cole Anthony as a Tar Heel, a, sort of a different point guard than we're used to seeing under Roy Williams. Stutledge. I mean, he's not um, not Kobe, Colby White, but he's kind of different. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's different. I mean, I just think he's a lot better yeah. than Kobe. And I, and I love Kobe White. Uh, I mean, Cole, it's like, you got Greg Anthony's mind, and Greg Anthony was a great point guard in an even better body, way more athletic than his dad was. Better shooter, you know, I think he's going to be, and as it all plays, I mean, it, it's hard to find the weakness in Cole Anthony's game. You have to work really, really hard to point out for the stage that he's at. You know, there's no real hole in his game. So he keeps his head on straight and keeps – progressing as you would naturally expect he could end up being one of the best well let's move on to number two Derek Rose a mm-hmm. guy in the 2007 class point guard out of Simeon High School in Chicago had some Memphis he was the number two point guard in the 24-7 sports composite that year behind OJ Mayo who I guess well, yeah. was ranked as a point guard that was a problem in the listing <laughs> OJ should be at the two although he played a lot of point in AU. When did you maybe kind of share some? Yeah, I mean, Derek. If you if we talked about like impact on me emotionally, you know, psychologically, Derek would probably be the guy. Man, like he was a freak show, and I'd never really in person <clears throat> seen or been around a point guard who was as electric and athletic as he was. I mean, there's just vibrations coming off him. You could feel it. He got in the open court. Then when him and uh, uh, Eric Gordon played together in AU, that was crazy. I mean, two of the top guards. And then they were playing against O.J. Mayo. Those were great times in AU basketball at the end of Sonny Vaccaro's um, big tournament in Las Vegas. I think they played last year. Kevin Love was in that. Um, Brandon Jennings was playing in it. That was that was fun times. Bill, oh, Bill Walker dunking all over people. But um, Derek... Yeah, Derek was just a freak show. I mean, the, the jump shot was very, very erratic. He was hit or miss on defense. When he focused on defense, it could be scary because of his athleticism. And he had, and, you know, we've seen him play. He had instincts. He almost had too many vibrations going on. <laughs> like, he had trouble landing. And that, hence his injuries, almost too electric, um, too athletic almost, you know, he was getting up so high, doing so much, um, you know, a lot of his injuries came. It's not the jumping, it's the landing. But anyway, he, he was, he was freakish, very freakish. And maybe the best talent I had ever seen scouting up to that point. I mean, what he was 08, 09, 07. 07. Thank you. So I hadn't been scouting that long, but boom, <laughs> like, wow, this is elite, elite, elite talent. What was do you did you get to know him at all? Did you talk oh, to a little, him? Yeah, I interviewed him a lot. Uh, very quiet, no different than now, but even more so. His brothers had a. It was tough to get to him. <clears throat> he had to go through Reggie Rose, who's kind of the, you know the leader of it all, and then he had a, cu- a couple other brothers, and they were intimidating. So, um, but yeah, I interviewed him. He, I don't know. I got to know him. But I felt like seemed like a good guy to me, and he seemed like a guy who was about winning. You know, 
um, you know, I got a good vibe off him. John Wall was another in the mold of Derrick Rose, like a super oh. recruit where everyone knows who he is, even if you're not a high school recruiting or a yep. college basketball fan, even. Number one point guard in 2009, number two overall behind, I believe, Derek Favors in the in the 24 mm-hmm. seven sports composite. Recollection of John Wall. Yeah, and Wall and Rose, that's a tight one right there. Um, Wall gave me that same kind of wow. He had that wow factor as he would just do some crazy things athletically. I remember first time I saw him, uh, he was a rising junior. So he's just he's coming out of his sophomore year in high school. Saw him out in Las Vegas, and I'd never seen a player give less effort on defense, <laughs> maybe in my life. And I think part of it was he just didn't want to play defense, so he's letting his guy drive by him so they could get the ball and go on the break, you know, get the other team to shoot it. So I had to get past that. Um, you know, as a coach's kid and a coach and blah, 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 you know, he, Kind of want to see a little more D. <laughs> but, I, man, the offensive talent, just ridiculous. And then his defense has gotten better. He still has holes, and I still get frustrated. So I really liked John. I thought, great person. Just like I liked Derek and wanted to see him well. Sometimes you can't help that. And you're not scouting him anymore, so what does it matter? And, um, you know, you don't want to root for guys when you're scouting them because it clouds your judgment. And that's when you know you might have a problem. <laughs> you might have a guy overranked. If you're sitting there like, make this shot. I'm like, why am I freaking out on him making this shot? Well, maybe it's because I, I know I, deep down I got him overranked. Um, and I also like the factor, and this is my way with Cole Anthony. I did not like Cole Anthony that much when I first scouted him. Ah. He, he grew on me. And typically in all the years I've done that, players – that I had an initial negative reaction to for whatever reason, and they grow on me. Or maybe I just didn't think, you know, oh, he's okay. Everyone's hyping him. You know, you have that thought a lot. Because uh-huh. you kind of, you know, we all want to be counterintuitive and, you know, go against the grain. And then you watch, and you're like, no, dude, this dude's as good as they're saying, if not better. You know, that's was my experience with Cole. But back to John, um, and I forgot where I was on John, but not a good shooter. But just special with the basketball. No one could keep him in front. Um, great speed with the basketball. Great with the left hand. Obviously, it kind of prefers his left hand, especially finishing. And could just really see the court. Man, he, he was a great point guard. You know, and he had special he, – he could make plays no one else could make, which, you know, we've seen that in the NBA I, at I'm times. Not, I'm not sure, like, what your thoughts on this would be, but – in my experience, like in my memory of watching John Wall, it was the YouTube mixtapes. This was like yeah. we were in college and we were like John Wall is the same class as Peyton Siva. They had Siva. a pro- professional production we would, company And these were sick. <laughs> these were how we knew these guys. We yeah, knew these guys sure. on NBA draft big boards and we knew these by the mixtapes. And like, I don't really see those anymore. Except They're for maybe out there. Zion. It's just not as big a deal. As big. It, the market's been saturated, I think, maybe. Yeah, it has been. You so you, had, so, many so you had Seventh Woods, number one, on your board, and then John Wall, number <laughs> yeah. two. Because Seventh Woods had the greatest mixtape probably ever in the history of the world. That's when, like, back then, it, you know, 09 doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was. Yeah. And video was harder to come by. Yeah. And so I think it was more value. Yeah. You yeah. just sit there and you'd, like, watch this John yeah. Wall video, and then you would rewatch it. And yeah. he got – it's kind of funny to go back and look at it now – God, he got to the he got to the bucket so easily, and he was so much got to the rim. That's oh, a great man. point. And he was he was like svelte. He was small. He was skinny. He was like a baby John Wall. 
I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah, you've gotten bigger. You got a little bigger. And he's one of those guys who's a little bigger than you thought. Real thin in the waist, but he had shoulders. And, he, you know, he had decent size. Yeah. But he didn't, you know, I get what you're saying, though. And that, he was young. He I mean, was, they, he, his coach, Brian Clifton, had, like, this production crew. He was a phenomenon. They're like ball is life, basically, now. A bunch of guys that make up ball is life. That's how they got their start, was filming John Wall. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he got That's to how they got in the game. I he, mean, they were grinding hard, sleeping in cars and stuff. Um, There's some great stories, but uh, they're doing quite well now. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we got another guy. Uh, we're going to talk. Well, we're going to see where Lonzo Ball falls in Jerry's rankings. All right, we're back on the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show, joined by Jerry Meyer as he's breaking down the top point guard prospects he's ever scouted. We've just gone Cole Anthony, Derek Rose, John Wall. Now we're going to get into Lonzo Ball. To a few things to talk about with Lonzo. Let's just talk about his game first, Jerry. Number three player in the 24-7 Sports Composite mm-hmm. in 2016. Number one point guard and an orthodox player. But you loved <laughs> to him. To say the least. Yeah, polarizing figure. I think, you know, my, I, I feel good about what could happen down in New Orleans uh, with him. He hasn't played to where I thought he would be, but it hasn't been that bad. He's just such a polarizing because his game's so unorthodox and then his father. But when I scouted Lonzo, that, you know, had quite the impact, kind of freaked me out a little bit. His mind, I don't think I'd ever seen a player whose mind was on such a different level. And man, I just loved it. He was like a mad scientist. I thought he was like an alien. Like I'd never seen a guy <clears throat> make basketball plays at the youth level. Like he made and see the future, you know, see, you know, like people talk about all oh, that player sees two pass, one pass ahead, two passes ahead. Oh, he's so freaky. He sees three. Like Lonzo was in that three pass ahead category. It just was so unusual. Um, uh, what he did and, you know, one thing I found interesting is in that crazy Chino Hills, you know, um, LeVar Ball system, you know, they'd have LiAngelo and um, what's his other LaMelo. brother? Yeah, LaMelo and LiAngelo, thank you. Out, like, basically playing at the um, half court line. It's like a 2-3 zone extended to half court. And they just, like, kind of wave their arms around, try to get steals, but they just let the ball go by them. And then the triangle, that's two tough athletic rebounders down low, very good players. And then Lonzo basically played defense by himself at the top of the key. And that's why we've seen some of his defense ability in the NBA. People really doubted his ability to play defense, but it's starting to come through. People are now acknowledging, man, you know, he's one of the better defensive guards in the NBA. Well, I saw that he had to guard like the freaking whole team while his brothers got to cherry pick <laughs> and score points, and he didn't care. Man, he did not, you know, he bought in. This is just how we do it, man, blocking shots from behind. You know, they'd throw it to the baseline. He'd come down, block the shot, getting steal, guarding guys one-on-one once they broke through past, you know, that top defense. But uh, he rebounded. He had that size made deep jumpers. I didn't know he had such a hole in his mid-range game. I thought it was more he just didn't need it, you know. And I love a guy with deep, deep range because it just obviously stretches the defense. And he got to the rim more. Now, gets to the NBA. I mean, I thought he was really good at UCLA. Mm. Did rely a lot on the long jumper, but he shot it with confidence. Gets to the NBA, he's not as confident in that long jumper. It wasn't the pundits were like, oh, the line's further back. Dude, he was shooting 30 footers since he was 
five years old. It wasn't that. It was confidence and, you know, the level of defense is tougher. You're going against bigger, stronger guys. Not as good getting to the rim because of the size. So, uh, you know, if you're in the Lonzo Ball camp, you're hoping he, he gets healthy, gets stronger. Change of scenery. Develops does well. a little bit of a mid-range. Yeah, get away from dad, maybe, and get yeah. out of L.A. He's never been out of L.A. He's always been protected. Derrick Rose was the same way. His brothers protected him, you know, created a team around him, just like LeVar did. Never left L.A., hardly played that system, which was unusual. Everything catered around him. So, you know, maybe he freaks out and has a nervous breakdown and doesn't play basketball anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's a good chance he thrives. Yeah. Yeah, get in New Orleans. Get with, Dude, you know how many alley-oops he's going to throw Zion? And he's playing with Drew. Is Drew, Drew still Hall there? Drew Hall is still yeah. on the and team. Drew, you know, I love Drew. We might get to him. Um, oh, I'm fired up about the Pelicans just going. Yeah, and Jackson here. Hayes. Yeah, oh, I was going to go to Jackson Hayes. I love what, what Griffin did in the draft. I think they know what they're doing. I think they have a plan. They're, they're putting together a team that's a style of basketball I like. We talked about size. Being overrated, they got explosive, strong, you know, explosive athletes yeah. who can play basketball and have versatility. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Pel- and then they got JJ. <laughs> They're putting together Brandon pieces. Ingram. We'll see what he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we hadn't even mentioned Ingram yet. Yeah. So anyway, back- yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what could happen down in New Orleans. It might be my uh, 2K team. Let, before we move <laughs> on from from Lonzo. Uh-huh. I can't really talk about Lonzo without talking about Lavar, and I don't really want to, you know, do too much pub on this. But I do, I well, do remember. Fine. I mean, he's a big factor. He's I do, a big factor. I do remember back in the day, Lonzo is when like Lonzo was just starting at UCLA before yeah. Lavar became a household name. You'd be like, man, he's got this crazy dad, and he runs <laughs> well, his I was scheme, around and there, his yeah. dad's like building this empire of what would become the big baller brand. <laughs> he did, and you were kind of like you. I mean, obviously, you're in that circle of mm-hmm. college basketball recruiting. You knew about this for a long time. What were before Levar Ball became yeah. a guy who would feud with you know the president and you know go on first take and you know be just a ridiculous human? What was he like when his oldest son was still in high school? Um, you know, helicopter dad, as you'd imagine, coached the game from the front row of the stands. Found it a little disrespectful to the coach, but with the coach. The actual coach, I, if you want to, technically the coach, the puppet, <laughs> the guy, uh, the guy in the scorebook listed as the coach who sat next to the players, but um, but yet he had a lot of good things to say. I could tell he knew the game. Um, it was all about his, you know, it's, it was a mixed bag. I found it intriguing. I wasn't a complete hater because I dealt a lot with other scouts hating on Lonzo because they thought he was scared and he wouldn't because he didn't play on a shoe company team mm. and he didn't go to the NBA top 100 camp. He did the only national event they would play in was the end of the year in Las Vegas. So remember when he played against Zion, Zion was a year younger Oh, they had to shut down the gym. There were so many people there really? in, in the Cashman convention center in Las Vegas so again, it kind of showed the brilliance of LeVar because if Lonzo had been out there playing all the time, it wouldn't have been such a circus. I mean, Adidas made so much money off that. Limited exposure. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it was just intriguing. You know, I'm not saying I'm a LeVar Ball fan because <laughs> I'm not, but I'm one of those people in life 
who tries to stay open and see what's good and see what's bad, you know, like not just write people off. Right. right. And, um, yeah, I was amazed talking here in the office. I was amazed by it. He was larger than life as we have seen him parlay into television, huge booming voice. One funny story. I remember this, um, five ten kid comes into the game this is Chino Hills. This is the high school team. Like Lonzo sat on the bench and coached the AU team. High school team, he just sat on the front row. Lavar, Lavar. Yeah. I'm sorry, on You're the fine. opposite side of the bench, and basically coached the game. It wasn't just his kids listening to him. So this little five ten guy comes in the game, hadn't played. And gets, as he walks on the court, Lavar just yells at him. And I'm sitting over by Lavar right at half court on the other side. Yells at him, you better get in there and rebound or you ain't going to be out here long. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he's 5'10". But sure enough, this dude is a freak athlete. Come to find out, he's like a cornerback prospect in football. Sure enough, that kid went in there and just started snagging rebounds. I don't think he ever came out of the game. And he'd get a rebound and he'd look at, he would look at LeVar, LeVar like, I'm giving you what you want, getting your boys the ball. Because <laughs> every rebound he got, I don't even know if he dribbled. He, just he, he found a ball. <laughs> he got the ball to a ball. Yeah, the videos of them playing when all three were on the same team is uh, is worth finding on YouTube. Um, that's good stuff. Moving on to Kate Cunningham, and you're welcome yep. to change this order whenever you want, but that would bring you... <laughs> Does that mean you don't agree? No, no, no. I, well, I wouldn't know, but this brings, you know, I thought these next it. two are kind of similar, yeah. are yeah, they? I mean, I threw this list... Uh, I'm sorry, what? Well, I don't want to you know ruin your number six, but Kate Cunningham and... and There's the, similarities. Yeah, so Kate Cunningham... Is a 2020 player, yeah. five star. You have him number one in your mind, five stars. He's he's inching oh, up love there. The guy. Is he a big kind of a badass yes. point guard prospect? Yes, he's like the future upon the future. What does that We're mean? Talking, um, because he's like six six to maybe six seven. Anyone with and he's big, but fast as can be. Mm. You know, just more, more, more physical greatness basically at the point guard position. You follow what I'm saying? Just size, you know, just like they're looking for in football, right? Who's that next revolutionary player at a certain position because he has the size of someone at a, quote, bigger position, but he's even faster than all the other guys. Is That's what Cade's kind of like. You know, this 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you know, like a mini LeBron almost. He, my comparison's Brandon Roy. Mm-hmm. Brandon Roy, when he was fresh and had his legs – and in today's game, if Brandon Roy was healthy, he probably would be the point guard. You know, that's just the, where the game's going. You got 24 seconds to score. I mean, that's just when you first get the ball. Once you get into your offense, you know, because all this is about projecting the NBA. You know, forget college. This is about NBA. So think the NBA game. You, you can't waste time. You can't dink around, man. You got to get the ball in the hands of your best, most dynamic player. Even if that happens to be Dirk, like a guy like Dirk Nowitzki. Will you get the ball down the court and boom, screen, get him open, have him post up, clear out, get him the ball, all right, let's play. And you're hoping you have, you know, 16 seconds to work with. It's not a lot of time. Um, so even better if we can just make our point guard the guy. that guy. You know, he's on and off the ball, but I project Cade Cunningham as a point guard. And I think most people are coming around to that because that's what he plays on his AAU team. That's why he's, he's killing things. Um, I mean, I might even like him higher mm. than he's on this list because it's you know he's not the best shooter. But so we've said about that about ask. a lot of these we have. guys. About Rose, play, about Ball. The one skill that, I'll, I'll go on a little tangent here. The one skill that I think 
basketball players can really improve with time and age is shooting. I mean, think about it. I, like, you know, because I've coached at all levels, even semi-pro basketball. SEC, been an assistant, coached high school, you know, coached my kids coming up, been a junior high coach, win coach camps with my dad. So I've coached all ages, and it's hard to get a person to be a better dribbler past a certain age. It's like dribbling is one of those early Mm -hmm. developmental activities that if you miss it, it's tough. It's like catching a basketball. You know, kids that didn't grow up playing catch with their dad, it's tough – and if they don't have hands, I didn't even think that would be an issue catching a basketball. Oh, like with big guys. Yeah, that's no, you're problem. right. That's a problem with African big men. Yeah, typically you know, the stereotype here, but it's a stereotype because it's majoritarily it's pretty accurate. It's not always the case. That's what made Olajuwon. Yeah. So especially mm-hmm. he had soft good hands. Well, guess why? He played goalie as a soccer player. But um, a lot of the, those big African guys, if they didn't play goalie, they were never catching the ball. Right. They were playing soccer. And then all of a sudden they start playing basketball. It's a foreign <laughs> it's concept. Yeah, they just never done it. Yeah. You know, they've just never done it. And it's hard to develop that skill. Shooting, I think, is and passing, forget about it. If a guy can't pass, I mean, you can give him technique and try to program him to just make the swing pass, you know, run the offense. But you're never going to teach a guy like how to really pass the ball, you know, because that's a visual, spatial concept thing. But shooting, man, it, there's the rim. It's 10 feet high. Work at your spots on your shot. Here's how you do it. Repetition, 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 repetition. Shooting can improve. So Derrick Rose became a better shooter. John Wall became a better shooter. I think Cole Anthony could become a freaky good shooter. Like he could be like, do we want to put him in the corner like Derrick Fisher and just let him drain jumpers? You know, like just a do-everything guy who can really shoot at a super high level. Uh, Cade Cunningham's shot needs to get better, but man, gets to the rim, punishes people at the rim, punishes the rim, uh, rebounds. Can, in d- today's game, defense, being interchangeable on defense, being a versatile mm. defender, so important. Because if you, don't, if, you, if you can switch ball screens and be successful doing that, huge. Takes such less effort. So you, you're not wearing yourself out as much. And and teams don't want you to do that. They really don't. I mean, maybe if they try to get that mismatch, but see with, with Cage, you're not gonna get that mismatch, at least on his end. Because he's he's got he's so big and has so much size, he can deal with any type of player out there. So that gives him a lot of value. Well, the next guy on your list, mm-hmm. Sean Livingston, another another big yeah. guy, six foot six, class of two thousand four. Uh, the number one point guard prospect then sort of obviously I think if you're listening to this you know about the the knee injury he had in the NBA the gruesome one uh, the leg injury I mean mm-hmm. um, but he, he became a case of he never went to college was an early draft pick by the Clippers prodigy to what could have been to he you know carved out a nice NBA career for himself he's an NBA well, champion a great. crucial member of the yeah. Warriors despite never really getting a jump shot what what was special about Sean Livingston, though, back uh, all the way yeah. in 04? His passing vision. like At the time, and he, he was the first year I started scouting. And actually, Shannon Terry, our CEO, when he hired me, he gave me some – this is back in the day, his VHS tapes. And the first one I popped in was Sean Livingston. And his shot was all jacked up, his hands crossed, kind of like Reggie Miller. <laughs> he said he didn't go in like Reggie Miller. <laughs> And I think he's gotten a decent 15-footer, 
you know, yes, it'll make a right. shot. Just along that tip, guys become better shooters. I can tell the Adonis Haslam story at some point. Probably already have told it on the podcast. But um, he was special. Now, looking back at it, um, would he have been physical enough? You know, he was awful skinny. skinny very all. wiry still. I mean, skinny, skinny. But he played over the defense, could really pass it. I mean, crazy vision passer, like Alonzo Ball type, you know, circus freaky passer. And um, he had star power, you know. So, you know, looking back at it, if I knew more, even without the injury, let's say the injury doesn't happen, I would guess, and this is all speculation and conjecture, projection, looking back and then looking forward, I, he probably wouldn't be on the list, but at that time where I was on scouting and kind of where basketball was, because strength didn't we, we didn't worry about how strong a guy was at point guard. Now Sebastian Telfair, same class, that was one of his big problems. You know, a little just size and strength. He could do all this crazy stuff, but can he get in there and make the tough play in traffic? You know, that would have been a question with Sean. But he, Sean's a very good NBA player. Yeah, you know, so it's it's. I don't know. I'm talking in circles now. No, you're not. <laughs> anyway, we don't. Well, I am, but that could be good. I don't know how much the injury set him back. Obviously, he lost a lot of years. Right. Like prime years. You know, where he just wasn't the same. I mean, he probably he isn't the same today. No. It's so hard to say, man. Yeah. If he'd have gotten in that weight room. I mean, he, he, you know, I, it's hard to say. But yes, at the time, Sean Livingston's on this list. He he was freaky good. That was a fun. We won't we won't stay on it, but that 04 class had like some interesting names. Sebastian Telfair, who yeah. was a household name in basketball circles because of the Through the Fire documentary, and you know his, yeah. uh, NBA or college. Uh, Rajon like Rondo, New York City, yeah, uh, Lincoln, uh, Jordan Farmar, Kyle Lowry. All right, a lot of point guards, and then I think in total that class, I think nine guys skipped college and went to the draft. It was either eight or nine. Oh wow! Because you had Josh Smith, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard. The f- Al know- Jefferson was in that class. Al Jefferson, when we talk about post players, he'll be in there. All right. <laughs> uh, kind of the last one you had in your ranking mm-hmm. was Drew Holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. Goes to UCLA, class of 2008. Sort of been an undervalued or underappreciated player in the NBA. Yeah, He's so. extremely good. It's probably a market thing in New Orleans. But it, Drew, yeah. what was he like back then? Well, he's not a flashy player. He was just rock like he is now. And... Rock solid, good. Played a lot of shooting guard. And played shooting guard, I think, at UCLA. <clears throat> and kind of moved to a point guard because that's just where the NBA is going. Guys like Drew now, he would be the point guard full-time, probably on his travel team. But, um, man, had a – I remember just watching him use screens. And this, isn't, this is not why he is on the list. But just to point out, I saw something special in his mind. He had a toughness, a mental and physical toughness that really appealed to me. He had an unselfishness. You know, he was a team player. Uh, his ability to see and feel the game with, you know, like using screens, his cutting, um, him setting people up when he had the ball. I just knew he had the mind of a point guard even though he didn't play a lot of point guard. And I just loved him. Uh, he was just my kind of basketball player. That's why I wanted him on this list. I thought he'd be great. Um, almost ranked him number one at that time when I was at Rivals.com. Um, 
maybe should have. I can't remember who else is in his class off the top of my head. But, and don't embarrass me, but no, you can look at okay. that. No, no, I'm joking. Really. Well, yeah, I'm not worried about being embarrassed. I have some embarrassments. Too. Like, I missed on Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's just not there's not much to be embarrassed. I mean, no, I won't. See, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving should be on this list. That was a that was a Kyrie busty Irving class. should be on this list. Yeah, I, I missed on him. This Man, was, I'm not afraid to talk about my mistakes. Oh eight was a busty class, like BJ Mullins. Yeah, there we go. Samardo Samuels, Tyreek Evans. Like there wasn't Drew, much. Drew, is Drew Evans the best player on that list? Drew Holiday. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Drew Holiday. Yeah, he probably is, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I should have gone. This was. I remember this class. Kimba Walker was 12. I remember okay, this class. Great. He should be one. This and was two. a bad class because I, I remember this. Maybe he should be one. Yeah. I was actually. Well, I was really looking up. Was uh, I wanted to see? You're right. I actually saw this UCLA team in person in Austin. Um, and Aaron or Darren Collison played point guard. Drew Holiday played right. off the ball. That was it. Because Drew was good enough. He. He right. could play the three if you needed him. And it was the remnants of a team of the, player. He wasn't going to act like a baby and cry. He didn't have parents telling the coach what to do. All, th- all three, his two brothers are in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. This was the remnants yeah. of the Final Four team a year before that also had Josh Shipp and uh, Alfred DeBoria. All right, so we've got our rankings, and we're going to wrap up here. We have a list of a few other guys who you kind of threw yeah. into the pot. I haven't... Let's let's play a quick game. I'm gonna name the guy, I'll and I just I just want a quick like the first yeah. thing that comes to your mind. Sure, sure. Colin Sexton, physical, competitive on a crazy edge, better version of a Josh Selby. I mistook crazy for competitive <laughs> with, with Josh Selby. Selby. I have concerns about Colin, but loved his t- dude. He shot so many free throws in the Nike EYBL, like averaged like eight or ten a game. Juwan Evans, one of the fastest guys with the basketball. I've ever seen and just competitive as could be so small, diminutive, but so good. Emmanuel Moutier. What a talent. Everything there physically, but decision make, you know, what's ended up why he hadn't been that great in the NBA. I mean, I still, you know, he's NBA point guard, but the decision making and just those intangible leadership type things we started out with. And that's where it gets tough scouting him. Don't think he quite had that, but boy, was he a physical specimen when I scouted him. Slow-mo, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, yeah, I had to throw him in because he's one of my favorite players ever. And he's in there with like a Lonzo Ball. I just like these guys that are just cerebral players. Mm. He played point guard for that, the players, and he was special. He was fun. He was like a slow Lonzo Ball <laughs> with, with really zero jump shot. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Just missed him. I, I didn't value his freakish ball handling enough. Like we, I've said they can all dribble. Well, Kyrie dribbles on a, another level. And didn't know if he was explosive enough. You know, if he, he wasn't athletic enough, but he's so skilled. Overcame that. Just I just missed on that. Brandon Jennings. He was a special talent. Oh, my God, was he good. I mean, he's one of those dudes who, like, was a sophomore, was – playing with Kevin Love and Kyle Singler on that California team. And electric, so very talented, but the physicality and these leadership things, I think is a little lacking in that. Florida Gator, Nick Calathis. Love Neeson Calathis. Saw him score the first five, point, uh, five baskets of a game against Blake Griffin's AAU mm-hmm. team. And they were running the old UCLA offense. So Nick comes down <clears> – <throat> Hits the hits the wing before he comes down. He just pops at three. Comes down next time. Hits the wing. Makes the UCLA cut off the screen at the elbow layup. Next time down, same sequence. Gets to the block. 
The guy on the wing makes the pass up. The guy on the wing sets a down pick for him. Comes off the, his. He ran the whole offensive sequence, one sequence at a time. First five possessions and scored. That was a great moment in scouting for me. You, I like, coached, you know, scouting, and then Blake Griffin started dunking on everything. I mean, it was a fun game. And you got some stories. That's a 2007 class guy. So you, I mean, that I can't even. That's Kalei probably 12 just years had a special ago. mind. He just wasn't physical. I mean, he's killed. He did great in Europe. Yeah, but he just didn't have the body and the speed and quickness for the NBA. But man, was he. He was a skilled and very cerebral and competitive player. Mike Conley. Mike Conley, I thought was special. He, he was so balanced. I mean, he was like a black belt in karate, I believe. I mean, Track I, star. I know he was huge in karate. Yeah, and his dad's a gold medal winner. I'd never seen a player who, like, you couldn't tell if he was left handed or right handed, could make every play, played under such control. And we've seen what he's done as an NBA player and the contract he signed and everything. But a lot of scouts, it was like too easy for him. I think they kind of missed how good he like they, well, he was. Because like Ty Lawson, Ty, Ty Lawson and Sharon Collins, guys like that were ranked ahead of him. I think I was the only one to have him five star at the time back then at Rivals. But nonetheless, I still had him behind those guys. <laughs> you know, looking back at it, he should have been ahead of him. But those guys had that. There's like a herky jerky to their game, sure, a speed, yeah. a beep beep, you know, roadrunner type effect. And Conley didn't have that. And so it was kind of mundane. But dang, did I, there was something in him I loved. I remember watching him with my dad, and my dad was kind of tripping out on him too. He was like, you know, this guy, he can do everything. You know? <laughs> uh, and then Patrick Beverly. Yeah, did he have the, the junkyard dog back then? Oh, uh, yes, he was. Uh, the same thing. Now he's even more confident, more brash and brazen. But he he was he was he was fun to watch for all the reasons he's fun to watch now. I mean, these guys don't change that much. They 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 amplify. So you see, that's what, one of the fun things of scouting and then watching guys as they go on. You, you don't really see changes, but you see amplification, a blossoming. You know, and some more than others. But you kind of you see what they are yeah. at a young age in high school, and then it's interesting to see the ones that take off, and you know some don't. Well, that'll uh, that'll wrap up. This was good, Jerry. This is forty yeah. minutes of oh, basketball catnip. Yeah. It'll wrap us up here. If you think Jerry left somebody off, if you're Which a Kentucky fan wondering where De'Aaron Fox is, leave Fox? us. Where's we yeah. did mention Rondo? <laughs> leave us a five star review, but you can uh, <laughs> you five can star rating. But you can critical. also flame the comments. De'Aaron was really good. I was talking to Josh yeah, Taylor either. about De'Aaron Fox. Um, really, really liked him. Just didn't know if he was physical enough. You know. Um, but it might end up, yeah, I totally missed on him because it looks like he's going to have a great career. But when I say he was top ten yeah. player, he just I didn't. This isn't when I list. saw him. I I didn't have him in this top seven. He would have probably been in the top ten if I'd have done a top ten. Well, we'll be back soon with two guards uh, or shooting guards or yeah. whatever. Uh, until then, thank you everyone for listening to the twenty four seven Sports College Basketball Show uh, for Jerry Meyer. I'm Trey Scott. See y'all soon.